Which coast? Traveling east to west. Aaron laughed. No, he did No. <laughs> Mark Gunnels. At the house on it. Chiefs coast to coast. Look, man, we've been doing this pod for long enough. I, I, I've learned from the way you do things. You know, I've picked up between you and Carrington, like, I'm picking up. I'm like, okay, so I don't have to actually believe what I am saying. I just have to, like, say it very loudly and boisterously, and, like, people will be up in arms about it. So you didn't really believe that? Oh, I absolutely believe that. I, I, I knew D, the whole week I knew it was Philly. I, I said it on this platform. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into it. Since, <laughs> since you're on vacation, um, you know, you want me to pioneer this show. So let's get right into it. No intro. You just going straight in. You, you don't want to thank the fans. You don't thank people listening at home. You don't wanna... you give me, you're not giving me a chance. So you can't even help yourself. You, you can't even let me do it. That's crazy. Thank you guys for tapping in. Another episode of Coast to Coast. Now you're good with that number. I'm not. This is 66, right? 65. I thought last week was 65. You sure? Let me double check. I'm pretty sure. I remember you saying 65 last week. I feel like. Nope, 64 last week. Oh, okay. Well, you're right. See, you know, you know your episodes, man. I'm not going to doubt you again. Episode 65 of Coast to Coast. This is your host today, Mark Gunnels. Here with Aaron Ladd, who is live from Chattanooga, Tennessee. It looks like he's in an attic right now, hanging out with a what does that say on that shirt? This is a this is an HM special. Okay. It says positive state of mind. And I thought that this was perfect for today, considering a lot of the negativity and just okay. vitriol and just some nastiness we saw in the kingdom after Monday night football. So, you know, I thought I would embrace a little positive state of mind, Mark Gunnels. Cool, and I'm going back to back with the Kansas Jayhawks shirt. Uh, before we get into the Chiefs, they did lose in football to Kansas State in the Sunflower Showdown this past weekend. You know, they had the third-string quarterback. Still probably should have won that game. I mean, talk about self-inflicting wounds. Uh, they kind of <laughs> they think the Chiefs kind of took after the Jayhawks this past weekend. Guys fumbling the ball at the midfield on punt returns. It was just ugly, man. Uh, so I think that's 15 straight wins for Kansas State over the Kansas Jayhawks in football. But KU is still bowl eligible. I think they still had a successful year considering that's, all the injuries at quarterback they've dealt with. What are you going to say? That's got to be tough going from like your college team. You're like, all right, well, you know, like my pro team will cheer me up. You know, you like, you, you know, you. <laughs> And since we gave a KU update, I guess I'll be remiss if I didn't acknowledge Mizzou. Um, barely escaped the unranked Florida team in Columbia by the skin of their teeth. Needed a fourth and 17 conversion on the last drive. And a long, and I, it wasn't a long field goal at this time, actually, from the thicker kicker. It was a, a, a pitch shot for him this time. Quit Hayden, number 19 in the country. Quit yeah. Hayden. Number nine team in the country. Yeah, yeah, you got it, man. Well, you the, you were there, weren't you? I was not there. Oh, I was not there. there. I was working from the desk on Saturday, left KC early Sunday morning. But I made three predictions before before the weekend started. I said, Wildcats win, 
I said the Tigers win, and I said the Eagles win. It's about to be Vegas with Lad here soon. I'm just saying it's gonna be it's gonna be Vegas with Serta and Lad. Oh, <laughs> well, with that being said, let's get into this game recap. Man, I got a lot to say. <laughs> Mahomes avoids. He's a magician. Chiefs recap. Oh, Aaron, I would be lying to you if I said this one didn't stink. I mean, this one stung, bro. The Chiefs lose at home in Arrowhead to the Philadelphia Eagles 21-17. In a game where I felt like the Chiefs had control for the majority of it, you were up 17-7 at one point. The defense was playing lights out. You got five sacks in the first half. I mean, against arguably the best offensive line in football in Philadelphia, very, very valiant effort from that defense. And the second half happened, and this is where we're going to get into the offense, the drops, right? That's been the the big talking point on X today and all the social media platforms. (laughs) As Aaron Lath throws up the X sign for you guys listening on audio right now. (laughs) But, yeah, I think we have to start there. Well, hold on. Actually, let's rewind. Let's rewind. Let's rewind. Because I know there's a lot of negatives, right? And you're, you got, your shirt says positive, right? Thank you. Can we start with some positivity, Mark Gunnels? Because there's so much negative. That's probably going to be the bulk of our conversation. So I think we should start off with the positives here. And I'll, I'll go first, and I'll let you kind of piggyback on it. I think the obvious positive, I mean, the defense, right? But we know that. Let's get it. We'll get into that. But how about the run game? This, is, this has been a talking point for me and you throughout the year. You know, early in the year, we were going back and forth. You were saying this team can't run the football. I was saying they were unwilling to run the football. I think you kind of backed off your stance a little bit after you saw a couple of good performances by Pacheco, if I'm not mistaken. But heading to this game, the Eagles were ranked number one in run defense. It's, it's almost impossible to run on this front. I mean, obviously, you got Jalen you get Jalen Carter there. I don't know how they stole him from Georgia. He just fell into their lap. I mean, they're so deep. You know, Hassan Reddick, we can keep going on and on about their defensive line. But Pacheco, 19 carries, 89 yards, 4.7 yards per carry. It's pretty damn good, I would say. And then obviously Mahomes pitched in with his scrambling. He had 38 yards on six carries, which is over six yards per carry. In total, they ended up with 168 rushing yards on 30 total carries for an average of 5.6. I thought that was a very welcome sign on the day that a lot of doom and gloom is hovering over the Kansas City Metro because it's getting cold, right? And we're talking about the second half of the season. Can this team run the ball? I made the argument. I think they will actually dedicate themselves to running it more with the weather changing, with the receivers not being able to get separation. And when they do, they can't catch the football I said, if you could run the ball efficiently, it should theoretically make life easier for all your other elements of your offense. So I want to start there. I know we'll get to the defense, but what did you think about the running game? The running game was one of the bright spots in this one for Kansas City. And you're right. I did kind of back off saying that they couldn't run the ball to their unwilling to run the ball. And I still think some of their unwillingness to run the ball has bit them in their but at times, a lot of third downs in that second half for KC, and we're going to have to touch touch on the second half 
the last three games, Kansas City hasn't scored in the second half, shut out in the second half of the last three. And for an offense that has had success in the run game, has one of these angry runners world to Kyle Brandt, like a guy who seems to get stronger as the game goes on. Um, it, it, it just seems like they rely a lot on the pass game in a lot of those short yarded situations. And Travis Kelsey didn't look like his usual self. Um, we know that there's been problems in, in the wide receiver room, but when you have a team kind of beat in this area of the game, when you know that, that, that you're beating them in the run game, I, I don't want to see them go away from that at all. Mark Gunnell's like, I think that obviously the negatives outweigh the positives in any loss in the national football league. But like, I, I, I just, and then there was like a, wasn't there like a Clyde carry there in the second half two two for 20 for Clyde. I liked how they got Kadarius Tony involved um, with the run game. And they've always shown a propensity to use those type of gadget plays, but I, I just can't get over I can't get over the second half, man. This one specifically, and you talked about it, it, it's stinging a lot. Like the MVS drop is going to, it, it's going to hurt. It, it, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure right now it hurts inside that locker room. I'm sure there's a lot of question marks because I believe he only has 14 catches on the year, or if I have that correct. Um, yeah, it's maybe, around there. Maybe Serta can, can fact check that and throw something in the private chat, but. I can't talk about the positives right now, man, because the the, the negatives are just so. I mean, at this, we've talked about ad nauseum this past catcher room going all the way back to training camp. Like you're you're losing games now because of your inability to make plays when the ball comes to you, point blank and period. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it definitely is tough. Serta just said. Uh, he's looking. We're looking for the MVS stats. What is his total catches on the year? But uh, what up, Mav? Yeah, hey, look at look at Thanksgiving going on. We got Maverick here showing joining the show. <laughs> maybe he can. Uh, maybe he can run a couple routes. <laughs> run, run he said yes. All right, I got you. Go back to the room. I'll give you in a second. <laughs> All right, but yeah, man, it, it's definitely tough, and I. I know we're going to talk about the drop a lot and all the drops, but to me, the turning point in this game was really the Travis Kelsey fumble. Why you say that? Well, you're up 17 to 14 at that time. You're within the 10 yard line. And that was a first down play, I believe. So you would have had, I think second and goal or second and short one of those, but either way, I think it's a good chance you get a touchdown there on that possession and you go up potentially 24 to 14. And I think if you have a 10-point lead, especially in the second half with that defense and with the momentum shifting, I, I feel very comfortable saying you come away with the win in that game. Now, it was a great defensive play. It wasn't like, you know, Kelsey just dropped the ball or, you know, that was a that was a forced fumble. Like, the guy literally pushed the ball out. So you have to give credit on that. But it definitely gave me flashbacks of the fumble Kelsey had last year against the Bengals. Remember in that regular season game? where you felt like on that drive, if you scored there, you kind of put the game away, but you gave them life. That's kind of how I feel about this one. But it was even worse because this one was actually in the red zone, whereas that Bengals one was like around near around near midfield-ish. And Serta just confirmed on the season, MVS has 14 catches for 249 yards 
in one touchdown. <laughs> well, let's get to this question in here. Jeremiah is rocking with us in the chat. We got a little active chat early. Appreciate y'all tapping in with us, Chiefs Coast to Coast, Arrowhead Pride Podcast uh, Network. Jeremiah asks, how valuable is MVS to this Chiefs team, really? Because Mark Gunnels, he was brought over from Green Bay to stretch the field, to do plays exactly in which the one he was targeted in on, on that final drive. And I think maybe maybe this is just me being brainwashed by the kingdom. You know, I, I have been adopted by the kingdom over the past three years, but I there was no doubt in my mind that Casey was getting, getting six that drive. And it didn't look pretty. They were faced with a lot of third downs, and Kelsey had a key drop on third down just to drive before that, but like, or that was earlier in that drive, but like I still was confident that they were going to get six. And to me, I think the drop happened on was it a second down or a third down? Well, the MVS drop, yes, that was second down, so it was third and 10 after that. Yeah, mentally, dog, mentally, it, it just it, Mahomes tries to be company man. We talk about him towing the line a lot and saying all the right things. I know he said a lot of things in post game, but it was the expression was all over his face, dog. I mean, <laughs> like it. it how valuable is MVS to this team? I'll answer it and pass it back to you, Mr. Point Guard. Um, I, his value has dropped tremendously. And I say coming into this year that I thought if he took the biggest step forward that the offense could take a step forward, but he has regressed immensely. And there were points in time, I think he had 81 targets his first year here in KC, where like you could tell that the chemistry and the timing wasn't all the way there, but there was still the potential of like trust and the role in the offense and the opportunity to get to take advantage of some of those plays, bro, the trust and the opportunity seem seemingly have vanished. I don't, I don't really see the value there much anymore. And and obviously these things could change and it's, it's a moving target, but we, we saw rock bottom uh, on Monday night football for, for Mark West Valdez Scantling in Kansas city. Yeah, and this is the unfortunate part about this answer I'm about to give. I think he still does have value, but it's by default because this room, where else do you go? Um, Now, I will say this. I I do think it's getting to the point now where you have to treat Rasheed Rice and Kandarius Toney as your top two wide receivers. Kandarius Toney? Yeah. And live with the results. I mean, in limited touches and snaps last night, he actually showed a little pop. You know, um, even in the punt return game, he showed a little pop. You know, he took a couple big hits and got back up. I knew he had a little, I think, a hand thing going on, but he came back in the game. I, I, I just think when you're looking at the room, those are your two highest ceiling guys, right? I mean, I, I don't – it has to be. 22 catches for 139 yards in the score for Kadarius Tony so far this year. I'm actually surprised he has that many catches. <laughs> that actually kind of surprised me. I know a lot of them are just like one yard, <laughs> little wide receiver screens and stuff like that. So maybe that's why it doesn't feel like he even has that many, which I know is not that much at all. But when you're comparing it to MVS, who only has 14 and is getting double the snaps, it, it, it does seem feel like a lot. But I mean, how about Justin Watson getting 11 targets? Is, is that a result of he's the only one getting open? Or is that just who Mahomes just trusts the most? Like, I lean trust a little bit more in that. But 
Mark, honestly, out of this game, I'm not making drastic changes. And I saw you mention on X this, and it, I've seen a couple people say this, like, this is who Kansas City is at this point. Like, they haven't reinvented the wheel. They haven't changed who they are from week one. Like, this is virtually the same offense, the same routes, the same concepts. Like, if we catch the ball, we're not having these large conversations about the wide receiver room still. I mean, yeah, we're probably still nitpicking. We're probably still saying, hey, are they still getting the most juice from the squeeze of the lemon? But, like, I'm not – the sky is not falling in Kansas City. That's probably one of the biggest things that I wanted to get on here and say today. Like, they're one play away, two plays away, and really three plays away, and I saw a lot of the screenshots floating around uh, uh, from being 10-0. Like the scheme still works. The trust is still there. Mahomes is still making plays like the running game was the most effective it had ever been against a team worth their salt. Like, I don't really know if I'm hell. Call me yellow light lad. Sure. Why not? I got my yellow marker here to prove it. But like, I'm not I'm not making a I saw people talking about didn't you didn't you post what's Terrell Owens doing right now? Like, dog, come on. I was trolling. Come on. I wasn't serious. (laughs) <laughs> that was Terrell Owens, talk about Chattanooga. That's a UTC legend right there. But come on, man. Just joking, man. Just joking. Just feeding into it, honestly. At this point, was- that's all. That's that's what you love to do. Yeah, I mean, you you see you see the pot boiling and Mark. Here comes Mark Gunnels. Just <laughs> well, I was surprised. Let's get. Can we get? Can we address your tweet before the game? Like that was such uncharacteristic of you. Like I was shocked called, when I saw it's that. Called a, it's called a post on X, by the way. Oh my bad. <laughs> I'm not used to you posting on X saying things like that. Like that was very, very bold of you. I would say. Uh, I mean, you you got ratioed pretty badly. <laughs> uh, if y'all are not familiar, I, I I took to X a couple hours before the game and posted a few words. It said Eagles win big, just a hunch. Really, nothing crazy. I didn't think that that was gonna cause as big of a stir as, yes, as you did, did but you know mark, it mark here's the truth right like both these teams are coming off a bye but kansas city had not been playing well going into the bye week offensively specifically like the defense played their ass off once again and we'll get into the defense a little bit later what they've been able to do what they were able to do once again against uh philadelphia but like it I didn't think that that was I didn't think that that was that bold of a take. Maybe I if I would have tweaked anything, I probably wouldn't say win big. Obviously, like some people really that was the part. If you were to just say Eagles win, you wouldn't have got the pushback as much as you did. The fact you said win big, that's that's what it was. And and you know what I learned from this? I'll I'll take my medicine because I don't think I was completely wrong. But obviously, I wasn't completely right. You know what I learned from this? Kansas City's defense is too good for them to get blown out. No matter how bad the offense is, no matter – I mean, it could be me and you out there running routes. Like, Kansas City's defense is going to keep them in games whether the offense wants to participate or not. Like, the Eagles did not play particularly well. And I think a big part of why I sent that message pregame is I thought that Philly was going to come out with their A game. I thought Sirianni was going to be stirring all offseason on the loss. I thought that they were going to come out. I also thought Jalen would look a little bit better. He still seems to be hampered by whatever, a knee injury or something. But, like, I thought Philly was going to bring their A game. To me, both these teams kind of brought their B or C game, and Philly just made a few more plays down the stretch, and Kansas City couldn't hold on to the ball. That's another reason why I'm not completely overreacting to what happened in the wide receiver room. Like, 
These were two of the best teams in the league who played pretty much an even game for three quarters. Yes, both sides made mistakes, but uh, eventually Philly made enough plays to win the game. If I'm KC, I'm not. I'm not too worried. I'm yellow light. Okay. Well, let's see. Are you are you yellow light on this topic? Because I feel like we have to discuss this. It would be we're gonna be doing our job if we did not. I think you may know where I'm going with this one. Travis Kelsey, the Swifty himself. I hate this thing. I really do. I hate the fact that it really is a narrative and it's been a thing. I don't know. I can't explain it. When Taylor Swift is not there, this man does not play good, bro. It's it's really the most mind-boggling thing because you've been playing elite your whole entire career before she even got into the picture. But here's what I really want to talk about because people are really talking about this on national networks and everything today. And he came out a few days ago talking about he's thinking about retirement more than he's ever had before. He's had all these surgeries. Obviously, him and Taylor with the love stuff going on. Do, do you honestly think he is distracted? That's been the question that everybody's asking today. Do you think there's something to that? How am I supposed to answer that, Mark Gunnels? From the from the from a podcast mic behind my laptop here on Thanksgiving break. Like, I I don't know. He didn't have a good game. I don't think that's anything that we can debate. He did not play well. He did not play to his standards. Do you think he's at least has he is he taking a step back? Do you, do you think he's starting his age is starting to show and he's starting to slow down a little bit? I mean, he's getting older. Yeah. And I thought you referenced the Wall Street Journal article that came out. Yeah. Great, great timing on that for them to publish that right before right. Yeah. the the largest uh, Monday night football game since I believe 1996 is what the numbers showed. Yeah. 29 million viewers, most watched Monday night football games since 1996. Look, he didn't play well, man. And I like that, especially on that drop on third down on that penultimate drive. You know, they go right back to him on the fourth down. He picks it up. The fumble, like we talked about leading up, I mean, it was a forced fumble. Great play. Um, Andy Reid gave him a look that I don't think I've ever seen Andy Reid give in my time covering the team. So, obviously not. Obviously, like, people are noticing a difference in his play. And, and even in training camp, he was fired up, man. He was in a couple of skirmishes. I remember him see, sending out a post on X saying, hey, got to be a better teammate, got to be more locked in. Would it? surprise me if a guy that was in Argentina and then Germany and then Denver and has number one podcast in the world and is dating a superstar would it surprise me if he's not fully locked in on football no it would not but I don't think it's completely fair for us to get on these mics week after week and say oh my gosh he's not the normal Travis Kelsey he's not the guy that like yeah he's getting older yeah guys are 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 adjusting to him also he set the standard mark to a point to where like if he drops one pass, you uh, people jump down his throat immediately. Like it, it, the bar is so high, unless he wins a Super Bowl ring every week, it's like, bro, you're distracted. It's like, what? Like, I don't yeah. think he had a good game. We can't. We obviously we can't say that he did have a good game, but I'm 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 yellow light on us saying Travis Kelsey is done or whatever. The the, the quotes were extremely revealing. I, that to me is more interesting than anything that really happened on the field because that actually gives us a peek into his mind. He didn't, and he talked after the game for the first time in a very long time, which I thought was kind of crazy too. Like he hadn't talked post game all year. So the fact that he came out and said, even though it was for a minute or whatever, the fact that he came out and took responsibility, said, I need to play better. 
we as an offense need to figure this out. Like it shows that while he may be not at his peak, you know, he's still mentally there. He's still bought in. I mean, the, the, the he is still the heartbeat and the pulse of what they what they do offensively. Yeah, and I agree. It, I we just had to ask the question. Yeah. Well, I had to ask you at least. I mean, the guy is still on pace for about a hundred catches, a little over a thousand yards, and about eight touchdowns. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it would be down from last year. And not to mention, he did miss a game. Let's not forget about that. He he did miss a game as well. So, yeah, I'm I'm not concerned there at all. I, I just think the big thing is nobody is fearful of anybody on the outside whatsoever. So I think he's getting a lot more coverages rolled to him. Guys are beating him up. And like you said, he's had a couple of knickknack injuries this year and he's older, obviously. And it's just a lot of wear and tear on his body. I mean, we got, we got to remember not only has this guy playing every single game in the regular season, they're making deep playoff runs every year too. So that's another added on three or four games pretty much every year over the last five seasons. So that's just a lot, man. It's a lot, a lot of wear and tear on his body. And somebody else on the outside has to step up. I do think Rasheed Rice needs more designed targets. I, I just think him having the ball in his hands. We saw how electric he is and getting yak. I mean, he put Darius Slay on the ground. I know, did you see that move? Ankle still might be on the ground. He put that boy in the dirt. So I, I just love him in the open field because he seems to never go down on first contact. So I do think that needs to be an emphasis moving forward, man. But you don't think teams fear uh, 24 out there on the outside? <laughs> oh, you talking about uh, what's it, uh, Sky Moore? Is that his name? Is that his name? You got on you got on these exact mics on this exact platform <laughs> and said he was going to be an 8,800 to 1,000 yard receiver in his offense. Oh, look, we check his stats after 10 games. Let's just see what it's yeah, go, go look at that, please. Because yeah, show want, me what he's on pace for. Let's please. see what his pace is. So, right now, he's at 17 catches, 205 yards, and one touchdown. Uh, just based on my naked math here, about what six games left? No, you got seven games left. He's roughly on pace for about what is that? Twenty-eight catches, about three hundred and fifty yards, <laughs> maybe one more touchdown. I think the question <laughs> about value that we had earlier—I mean, the MVS value is is one thing, but what's Sky Moore's value to this offense, Mark Gunnels? I know what Kadarius Tony's value is. It may be inconsistent value. We know MVS's value may be inconsistent. Justin Watson seems to be damn near a precious metal. He's go- he's gold in this offense. Sky Moore, what do you, what exactly is it that you do here? And that's the thing. I really don't know. I honestly do not know. Before the year, like I keep saying, I thought he's going to be primarily in the slot. That has not been the case. He cannot win outside on this level consistently. When they do use them, it's like designed gadgety type stuff, right? Like reverses or a little wide receiver screen on the edge to get try to give him the ball and see what he can do with it. it it's never just him routing anybody up and Mahomes trusting them down the field and dotting something. And when he does try to go to him, 
he dropped it like he did in the Broncos game or it seems to be an interception or something of that sort. That They just are never on the same page. Um, it's very frustrating. I mean, you're talking about year two. Kind of gave him a pass last year, right? Rookie receiver in Andy Reid's system. Kind of go with that narrative. Give him a pass. He got caught a touchdown Super Bowl wide open, sure. But still, you're thinking, okay, maybe that can carry over and build some confidence. Some momentum. Some, po- yeah. some positive momentum. Yeah, oh, I hear you. Oh, yeah, Super Bowl touchdown. first one. <laughs> you, know, you go down to Texas and you're working out with Patrick Mahomes. You you really got played by that. You That, that fooled you. Of all the things, and I always get on you in the offseason. I'm like, Mark, this shit that you keep retweeting, reposting, like, it is meaningless. It means nothing. So there's no value to working out in Texas. There's nothing. There should be there's no value at all. Nothing. Actually, I'll give you the value. One catch for four yards. So what, what are they doing then? They might as well not even practice in the offseason then, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, I, it, we're talking Chiefs wide receiver room, and and we're doing a lot of recap because we're on a we're on a Tuesday as opposed to our usual Wednesday on the Monday game. We'll get to the preview of the Raiders week a little bit later, but. I, I really wanted to see Richie James in this one. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, Dave Tobe talked to the media today on Zoom. Kind of, I don't think he's the savior, Mark, but I've seen him do it at the NFL level. He had 600 yards in the Giants offense. I don't know how that's humanly possible, and I've seen that offense play these last few years. Like, I'm not confident that Sky Moore can get 600 yards in this in this offense right here in Kansas City. Richie James did that in New York. So let me at least see it. Yeah. Let me at least see it. Like, I'm not saying that he's going to captain save this offense, but I would like to see somebody with his physical size and his ability make move. Like, we talk about this every week on the platform. Andy Reid's offense, you just need to get a little bit of space. Let's see what Richie James can do with a little bit of space, man. I've seen what all these other dudes can do with a little bit of space. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree. At this point, I mean, we're obviously desperate. We're desperate for something. We just want a guy that can catch the ball. Like, that's how low the <laughs> bar is set right now. Can you get open and actually haul it in with two hands? And then we'll build a statue for you outside of Arrowhead Stadium. I'm telling you right now, if Richie James plays in this game in Vegas and he makes a catch down the field, your ex account on the timeline is going to lose his freaking mind. <laughs> They're going to be calling Richie James the GOAT. Oh, he's the savior. But I'm obviously uh, being facetious here. But no, but seriously, man, like, why not? Like, I do you- wonder what's going on behind the scenes there because it was kind of floated around the deadline. Like, you know, he was that tra- Chiefs were looking for trade options. That kind of seemed like some agent smoke at the time. I thought he was trying. I mean, he, Practice fully leading up this week, all three days. List is questionable, inactive for the game. Is it a numbers game that they're playing? Is it they don't have a role for him? I was kind of surprised to see Kadarius Tony handling all the punt return work, considering his injury history as well. Like, if they really are as desperate, well, like to me, the fan base is desperate, but the coaches haven't really shown us the desperation play yet. Like they haven't really shown it. So they, they to me seem like they're comfortable. Like they, they feel the same way how I came out in the first segment and said, you know, there is a margin for error here, but the defense keeps us in a lot of games. And as long as we make a couple plays, we'll be all right. Yeah. I mean, you're right. You're right. There is definitely a disconnect. Which 
which always is, right, between the coaching staff and the fan base. So I think that's where we're at right now. But after that performance, I, I think they're going to activate Richie James this week. I, I really, really do. I think you have to see what you got there. And you only have seven seven games left. Like we're, we're getting close to December here next week. So it's now or never, right? You got to see what you got. But before we get into the game preview, one receiver we didn't even mention at all, right? And I'm talking about a savior, bringing McCole Hardman back, right? The good vibes of McCole Hardman coming back. He's familiar with the system. He's a guy that's had some some success with Mahomes in the past. You know, obviously there was a lot of disconnect there as well, but there, he had some moments. We're not going to act like he didn't have some moments. <laughs> and haven't seen much of anything. Uh, I don't know. Where do you stand on that? Like, is he just the same with McCall Hartman that we we're accustomed to? Or they're not giving him the opportunities to maybe stretch the field? Maybe he should take some of those deep shot routes, not MVS. I don't know. Where do you stand? McCole Hardman was never the answer to the to the test questions. It was always just it was always just uh, somebody that you used to study with that you know you did all right back then in the day, and y'all figured out a way to get bees. Y'all figured out a way to win Super Bowls, but like McCole Hardman was never going to be the the band aid for this problem. This is this is this is going to take a while to. And like, I think everybody has their own theories on like what exactly is wrong. Like some people will say it's the play calling and I'm starting to put a little bit more stock into the Matt Nagy conversation than I did in previous pods. Um, Is it the pass catchers themselves? Are they not talented enough? Is the trust with Mahomes? I've said before that it's the stew of issues with everybody has in there, but like, McCole Hartman, to me, even when that trade got announced, the compensation told me everything I needed to know about what they thought, what both teams thought about him. I mean, he was going to be a guy that came in here and offered some familiarity, but he wasn't going to be a guy who came in here and paced the team in targets or got or got like a a big lion's share of the opportunities. Like to me, they have Kelsey and they have about six or seven other guys that can make something shake. And McCole Hartman is like one of those six or seven guys who could make something shake on occasion. But like, I'm not going into a game dependent on 12, respectfully. Cool dude, good locker room guy, knows what they like to do, knows how the offense works. And realistically, that was probably a cover up for not a cover up, but like an acknowledgement that maybe they shouldn't have let him go in the first place. And it would have been helpful to have some familiarity in that room coming into this season in the first place. But now that he's here, what was it? Two for 20, I think it is for McCall. Two for 12, excuse me. Two yeah. for 12 for McCall Hartman and the loss to the Eagles. That doesn't surprise me. That, I mean, it, it, when you talk about the unit being bad in general in this game, like the fact that he had a mediocre day, that, that seems right on track. I don't, and, and we're going to, I mean, this, this, the schedule down the stretch is, is easier and, and it offers some opportunities to get right. I never saw this as the get right game. One of the replies to my Eagles post was, oh, I see this as the get right game for the offense coming off the bye week. Like, what? In what world? Like, come on. Like, there, there's much better get right games on their schedule. And it could it, it, it could be this week. It could start as soon as this weekend, Mark. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. 
But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, let's get into the game preview. Stop it. Stop it. You can't do this. You can't escape. You can't make these plays. You can't make these throws. On, give us a sneak preview. Chiefs preview. Let Mav get on the mic, man. He's begging you. He's desperate. He's following his father's footsteps here. You just you, you blocking his blessing. Nah, he's not ready yet, man. He's not ready yet. <laughs> but now let's get to this game preview, man. Chiefs Raiders first meeting of the season in Vegas. The Raiders have actually been pretty competitive as of late. They've won Twitter last three games. They were competitive this past week against Miami Dolphins in Miami. Could have very well won that game. So this game isn't the walkthrough that you may have thought about a month ago, right? And then you got Antonio Pierce as the inter- interim head coach. Yeah, you like Antonio Pierce too? Big Raiders fan over there. Oh, you're, you're a Raiders fan? You like the Raiders? Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> did I, did I, I heard he, I am. He said no. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but no, players, coach, they're obviously inspired. They've been smoking cigars in Vegas after winning lately. Were they cigars? Are we sure that they were just cigars? I saw Max Crosby puffing on something that looked a little different. Essentially, there uh, <laughs> it was a Philly blunt. You had a Philly Looking blunt there, <laughs> but um, I mean, like you said, this could be the get right game, right? Where, where do you stand on this game? What's your opening thoughts? Uh, yeah, I'm actually look, I, I was out on Vegas very early, but since Pierce took over and they flushed all that McDaniels nonsense out of their system, there has been a new energy for sure, for Kansas City, or excuse me, for Vegas uh, heading into this Kansas City matchup. It doesn't, I think, anytime you get KC coming off a loss, like, we we questioned Travis Kelsey's focus coming into this Super Bowl matchup, which I think is kind of crazy, but, like, there's no questioning Kansas City's focus anymore coming out of that game, especially offensively. Like, they're pissed. I mean, I, I still see MVS. If you listen very quietly, like you can hear MVS hitting his helmet 
on the side walls of Arrowhead Stadium till still right now because they're frustrated. Like they understand that they let one slip against a team that they're likely going to have to see again if push comes to shove down the road. I know that Darius Slay video is also probably making the rounds around uh, the Arrowhead facility in some places in the locker room. Like they, I don't think they take very kindly to people coming into their house. Uh, we know that Vegas in the past has stomped on their logo, but in the Darius Slay instance, like doing the chop and telling fans where they can go put it and whatnot. Like from, from my perspective, I see a fully focused Kansas City team entering a divisional matchup. Vegas sees them as big favorites, and I I tend to think if they run back the same game that they well, – <laughs> Minus the drops, <laughs> but if they run back the same running game, especially, um, and then just a, a refocused offense, especially with the pass catchers, I think they handle business. Yeah, I agree. I mean, for me, as far as my faith in this offense looking like a functional offense, I don't think it even has to be elite because you do have a top three defense, in my opinion, the best defense in the league right now. So if you're just functional and just doing the basic things, you know, Mahomes always talks about getting back to his fundamentals. Well, that's what these receivers need to do. Pop out the jug machine. Are they on that at practice, Aaron? I know you're there for practice. Are, are they on the jug machine, man? Is that still yes. a thing? Yes, they're on the jug machine. Okay, well, are they dropping them or are they catching them? <laughs> I mean, my gosh. <laughs> Yo, y'all make me sick, man, with this. <laughs> like, y'all. Y'all like fans and swear that they know better than what's going on inside the walls. I'm just I'm just asking for you to catch the ball, Aaron. I'm not asking MVS to be a thousand yard receiver. I did ask for Sky Moore to be 800 yard receiver, but no, that, that is that is one of the nastiest things I think you've ever said on this platform. You doubled down on it too. Before the year, it wasn't that crazy, Aaron. Six games in, it was nuts, and now eleven games in, I'm, I'm not. I'm out now. I'm I'm out. Oh, you can't leave now. You stuck. You're gonna get six hundred yards in the last seven games. <laughs> that was your boy. It's crazy how you just you just dropped him right on off. No, I still want the best for him, but I can't be real at the same time. Here, want the best. So, would you rather me be delusional still and say he's still gonna get eight hundred yards? Is that what you want? <laughs> You talking about him like a kid that got kicked off the JV team. Uh, you know, we wish him to you, you treat him like Matt Canada. We wish him the best in his future endeavors, but you know <laughs> we have to go separate ways now. He seems like a really good kid. He really does. You know, I watch a documentary on YouTube. He has a good family. Seems like he has a very good background, hardworking guy, came from a small school. Uh, second round pick defined all the odds. So I, I wish the best for Sky Moore. I really do. And Aaron's like making these faces right now. I don't know if you're I'm just listening. I'm just listening. You, okay. you were very bold and brash in the preseason. I was. And, and not just the preseason. Because you you did kind of you did kind of gloss over this as we talked about the Chiefs wide receiver room because you want to talk so much about my post on X. And then I believe, yeah, I doubled down on 610 when me and you were on there together with CDOT. I still said I believe in the second half of the season that things will start turning around for Sky Moore. I, I thought that, you know, since he's a second-round pick, 
the Chiefs will do everything in their power to make sure that he can be successful. And I'm just not seeing that anymore. I'm just really not. And it's, it's very discouraging. It really is. Like, this is one of the – This is I will honestly say this may be my biggest failure of a take of all time. You've got a lot to choose from. <laughs> Speaking of your biggest failures from a take, this is August 19th, 2023. This is the deepest and most talented wide receiver room, the Patrick Mahomes era. Scary. And if you guys don't know, this tweet got posted on cold freezing takes. If you don't know what that is, it's a page on X where they dig up your old tweets that didn't age well, and they put it out there for their millions of followers to see. And I got exposed. You're a regular on there, actually. Um, I've been on there probably about twice a year over the last three years. <laughs> but... When you make so many takes, you're going to miss some. It's like a shooter in basketball. Steph Curry doesn't make all his shots. He, he still misses 50% of his threes, but he shoots 45%. So I still think I have a pretty good percentage. But, you know, people only remember the, the misses. They don't bring up they, – they need a page for hot, great takes or whatever it can be called. I don't know. For where they honor your takes that age well. Why is it only the negative ones, Aaron? Why do we live off negativity? Your shirt says positive. Be positive, right? So can we honor good takes or is it just bad takes we honor? We we acknowledge. Well, let's speak on some positivity. Kansas City's defense has been one of the biggest bright spots in this season. And this is a prime matchup. This is like one of those matchups on fantasy where you have that green right next to a player's name. Like this Raiders offense. I don't have much faith in led by backup quarterback Aiden O'Connell. Is his name? Yeah. I'm looking at their stats right now. Net yards per game, they're 29th. Yards per play, 27th. Points per game, 26th. Possession average, 27th. Net rushing yards per game, 31st after having the league's leading rusher last year in Josh Jacobs. Net passing yards per game, 23rd. So look, they're middle of the pack at best. That's me being nice. They are middle of the pack at best in most of these offensive categories going up against one of the league's the league's best defense, according to Mark Gunnels. Get right game. Yeah. Um, and not to mention, you know, you're talking about Aiden O'Connell. Since he became the starter over Jimmy G, he has three touchdowns to six interceptions. And this is in what? Five starts, yeah, five starts, a little over 900 yards, 62% completion percentage. So hasn't been the best. He's shown some flashes at times. Um, obviously, he's a rookie. He's a young guy. So, you know, you're going to have your ups and downs, especially when you're thrown into the fire. And he wasn't expected to be a starter this year. But with that being said, this Chiefs defense has shown time and time again that they're going to take out your number one weapon. I mean, in last night's game, recording on Tuesday, that day after, A.J. Brown had one catch for eight yards. I'm locked up, won't let me out. Now, granted, Devontae Smith had a pretty good game. He had six catches for 99 yards, but I, I think they make a concerted effort. And this has been a thing that we've always raved about 
especially obviously during their heyday now with the Patriots and Belichick, he takes away what you do best. I think we can say that about this Chiefs defense now because we have enough evidence that they're going to take out your wide receiver one. They've done it to Justin Jefferson. They've done it to Calvin Ridley. I mean, time and time again, they continue to do that. Garrett Wilson with the Jets. So I think it's safe to say, especially when you don't really fear a second option for the Raiders. I mean, you got Renfro there, but he hasn't really had a great year. I think it's safe to say they're going to take out Devontae Adams in this game and force somebody else to beat them. And I don't think the Raiders have that guy. Let's go to Vegas. Place your bets. Oh, there it is. There it is. Two touchdowns. Win by Elise Church. Let's go to Vegas with Mark. I'm over here um, sobbing if you wonder why it was so quiet just now. Are those this tears? Here, man. This is a rough <laughs> year, man. I'm, I'm, I'm almost I'm almost breaking. I ain't gonna lie to you, Aaron. No, rough. you broke. I, I, I text oh, you after you, the game and you yeah. text back three words. I give up. <laughs> you want to make that public, man. <laughs> You're not about to. You're not breaking. You broke. You broke. Oh, wow. Aaron said I'm broken. Oh, well, here's the truth. The Chiefs have won nine of their last ten against the Las Vegas Raiders, but Mark Gunnels is in the midst of a really tough stretch in Vegas. Kansas City enters this week, week 12 in the National Football League, as nine-and-a-half-point favorites over the Raiders. But let's recap what Mark did last week. Here were three plays. He took the Chiefs' money line. Kansas City ended up losing the Super Bowl 57 rematch. He also took the over on Sky Moore receiving yards, which the line was 15-and-a-half. I remember saying on this platform, look, if, if he doesn't get here, we need to have a real conversation. And, boy, that conversation has been had as Sky Moore finishes with one catch for four yards in the loss to the Eagles. I hated this play. I don't know why you picked this as your third play, but it was Harrison Butker over two and a half extra points. He got two exactly, which I think I called. I I literally called that. I'm like, he's not, they're going to get field goals. It's not going to happen. They had two turnovers in the red zone. They just needed one of those to be a touchdown. Oh my. Gosh. So Mark goes over three last week to bring his season total to nine twenty and one on the year. Nine twenty and one for Mark Gunnels in Vegas this year. He's not happy to be back. We had to drag him here. He had to get. He gave up on the way down to Vegas, but somehow, some way, rock chalk Mark Gunnels is back with three more plays here on Chiefs Coast to Coast. Mark Gunnels, take it away. <laughs> All right, man. So, let me, let me, let me dust my boots off. Let me stop feeling sorry for myself. Have to keep going for the people. Have to keep striving for 500. We still have a lot of plays left. With seven games left, so that means 21 plays. I do three a week. Well, hey, there, there's still playoffs potentially as well. And Don't forget about that. Playoffs, playoffs, yeah. I, I, I need a three and a week bad, Aaron, in the worst way. <laughs> In the worst way. So I'm starting off here. 
I, I think the Chiefs do come out focused in this game with a chip on their shoulder. So I'm taking not the full game spread because uh, I'm, not, I'm not feeling that one really. Not all the way. But first half spread, Chiefs minus four and a half in the first half. I'm, I'm taking, I think they got to a quick start, put their foot on the gas. Andy likes to kind of dial things back in the second half. They get up a little bit, so I'm scared of a backdoor cover. They've been but, great in the first half this year. In the first half, I, I think they they come pedal to the metal, got to a quick start. So I like the minus four and a half for your first half spread there. And I'm going to the well here. I know he got a touchdown last night, but still didn't play that well. Give me Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown. I think that's a very, very safe place to go with. He had four and one game against the Raiders last year in that game in Kansas City, if you don't remember. So I feel very comfortable saying he gets an end zone this week against the Raiders. And then my last play, I'm looking at Aiden O'Connell passing yards. I like the under. It's at 207 and a half. I, I love this secondary. We just talked about that. I, I think they're going to stifle Devontae Adams. And outside of him, I'm not scared of anybody in this receiving room when you're looking at the Raiders. So I don't think he throws for over 207 and a half, 208 essentially or more. I don't think he throws over that. So those are my three plays. Chiefs first half spread minus four and a half. Travis Kelsey, ATD, anytime touchdown. And Aiden O'Connell under on passing yards at 207 and a half. Uh, I love the Chiefs first half spread. That's my lad lock. This has been the best team in football in the first half and the worst team in football in the second half. And then they come out focused and then they come out motivated with a, a stomach full of turkey and dressing and stuffing and all that good stuff. And I think they put it on the Raiders in the first half. I like that play. Man, you need that three in a week like air, like water. <laughs> You need that. <laughs> Pain, bro. This is this is not for the week, man. I'm proud of you for pushing on. I know a lot of people are still betting their mortgages with you somehow, some way. I, I, I don't know why. But <laughs> they are. Get the house on it. Oh wow. That was your that was your first greatest that was your greatest hit. You opened you opened Chiefs Coast to Coast with like with that hit. I did. I did. I, I would like to say that was that went a long way in, in jump starting this show. I think that was a that was a staple that was a staple moment. That was a historic moment in the show. Like if we name like the top five moments, that's probably number one. I think your your moment from last pod is up there too. Hold on, what moment was that? Which one? You don't oh, you talking about? You like, hey, yo! <laughs> you were like, hey, yo! <laughs> yeah, that that was that was pretty wild. I ain't gonna lie. That was. What you doing for Thanksgiving, man? Before we get out of here. Yeah, man. So chilling with the fam out here on the West Coast. Not going back home to Kansas City this time around. But that ain't my, your mom, home. my mother's coming out here though. Hey, out here, so you know, spend time with Maverick, her grandson, and you know, Brittany's family, and things of that nature. So, yeah, you cooking? No, I, I'm not cooking. No, I'm not cooking. I'm just, I'm just there to enjoy the festivities. You, you're just eating. You just, yeah. just there to eat. I mean, I'm gonna bring up, I'm gonna bring up, you know, I'll bring a pack of beer or something, you know, for the guys, watch the football games. You know, 
full slate on Thursday. We got a Black Friday game on Amazon Prime as well. Chiefs play the Raiders in week 12 on Sunday. And then your boys from Chiefs Coast to Coast will be back on Wednesday next week, maybe Tuesday. You don't know. Who knows? Follow us on X to make sure that y'all are tapped in with the boys. You can send us out of here, point guard. Yeah, thank you guys for tapping in. For usual, per usual, Aaron Ladd is live in Tennessee. Are you going to you going to Georgia, right? Yeah, I'm going to Georgia tomorrow. I'll check out the Hawks game, and uh, I'll be back in KC before the end of the week. Okay, okay. He's going to go check out Ice Tray, <laughs> your boy Ice Tray. So yeah, that'll be cool, man. And like I said, I'm gonna be out here in LA, just grubbing up. Getting fat, drinking beer, and watching the at least the Lions are good now. Like I used to complain, like, why are the Lions always on Thanksgiving every year, bro? I hate this. Like, at least it's a good team now. They're a team to watch now. You know, the Cowboys are good, and you got the Seahawks and Niners in the night's pretty good NFC West matchup. So not a bad slate for your Thanksgiving game. And it's the first Black Friday game, Aaron, this week. I just said that. You don't even listen to what I say. Oh man, that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy, bro. <laughs> hey man, that loss just has my mind all clustered, bro. I'm sorry. Coast to coast is out of here, man. I don't even listen to air. Hey there, it's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, and I'm excited to announce a new element of the Arrowhead Pride experience for diehard Chiefs fans. It's our brand new newsletter, Arrowhead Pride Premier. Arrowhead Pride Premier is a newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week from me. For $50, you'll get an annual subscription packed with insider coverage from yours truly and new in-depth analysis from voices around Kansas City. It's all about what I'm seeing and hearing around the team. During the season, we'll deliver a newsletter ahead of each game to get ready for Sunday and a newsletter after after each game to unpack exactly what happened. Subscribe to Arrowhead Pride Premiere today at arrowheadpride.com slash subscribe.